Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Bliss of the Abyss. I am, of course, your host. That's why I'm talking at the beginning. My name is Robert Newmark-Jones. I'm an actor from England. I also am a comedian called Ruskin Denmark. Confused? That's the point. So am I. Never mind. Uh, there's much more important things to be getting on with, like the European Super League, which sounds like a load of bollocks, and Mourinho being fired. And, uh, oh, they flew a helicopter on the surface of Mars. Oh yeah, and I've got to do my taxes. Oh, 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 oh. So, busy Monday, hey? How's yours going out there in the world? Uh, this week we have on Tom Leo, who was the very first guest on this podcast, and at the rate this is going, the very last guest. <laughs> Me and Tom talk about all kinds of things. Uh, the first sort of 20 minutes is quite COVID heavy, so if you've had enough of that, uh, <laughs> skip over that. Tom no longer takes full responsibility for the pandemic, as he did in our original chat in March of last year. Uh, partial, partial, I'd say, at this point. So he's, he's back in touch with reality. But after that, we talk about a lot more interesting things, including, but not limited to, noodling. I didn't know what that was either, but I'll let your brain go where it wants to with that. What's happening with me? Thanks for asking. I'm doing all right. This is my birthday week. Yes, that's a thing. Um, so this weekend, it will be an official new age that I go by. Uh, no, I'm not going to tell you what it is, because I have to maintain some level of anonymity and secrecy. I'm not an open book. <laughs> you can't read every page. Nevertheless, I will have done another 365 days round. Have I got any wiser? Have I got any older? Yes. What's new with me? Uh, still persisting with the teeth. Do you want to hear me put them in? All right. There we go. Does it sound different when I talk? I always think it does, but I've tricked many people. <laughs> I've tricked many, many people who, who didn't realise that I was wearing them at the time. So, uh, and, uh, uh, they are making my teeth straighter and I'm no longer vomiting <laughs> when I wear them. So I'd say that's a, a marked improvement on a, on a few different uh, fronts. Marked or marked? Marked improvement. This improvement has been marked and found wanting. Um, so that's good, isn't it? So hopefully by the time we all come out of lockdown, I'll have my Irish passport sorted out. I have a nice new set of teeth. I'll be one year older. I've got brand new headshots. Oh goodness me, I'm ready. I'm ready. Put me on stage again. I want to perform. Oh, oh. <laughs> I went to see the physio today and they said that I can now do deep squats and jumps, little hops. So, you know, everything that was so wrong in my life is slowly starting to get fixed. By everything, I mean some of the things. God, what a year it has fucking been. But what's happening? We are, we are in the UK coming out of lockdown step by step. We've just had some more things eased. Everything's heading in the right direction. People are talking more sensibly about the way to move on forwards now that we have to live with COVID-19 rather than despite of COVID-19. So that's good. And I am waffling. I'm sure you can tell because I like talking to you and I hope you like listening to me. But I will not talk anymore. Instead, I will just leave you to enjoy the ramblings of myself and Mr. Thomas Leo. <laughs> I thought this was the, the music was going to be a big reveal when I finally saw your face. But... <laughs> oh, there's 
no reveal when you see my face. It is exactly what you expected. It is. It is what I expected. Not much has changed. Very little. Very little. How you doing? Uh, I'm okay, man. How are you? Yeah, good. Good. Uh, You're looking younger somehow. Yeah, it's all the makeup I put on before every episode. Ooh, smart. Even the solo ones. Just, <laughs> you know. Even the ones where it's just you in your lounge room in your pants. Yeah. Trying to not special. to cry wank on tape. Yeah, <laughs> trying desperately. But still trying to cry wank, just trying yeah. not to get caught doing no. it. God, no. Yeah. That, that's, the just... worst, that's the worst thing to get caught doing, I think. Wow. Not the worst. What, really. What's the telltale giveaway? Is it that? Or is it it's the, the sobbing. It's the sobbing, and and I think the the particular type of sobbing, it's like a combination of sobbing and um, pleasurable moans. Right. Because yeah. earlier... I hear. Um, <laughs> so the rumours are... <laughs> if the rumours are true. Because earlier, um, maybe you could tell me this, as I understand you're a medical doctor. Um, I, was, I was very tired. I had a, a busy day. I mm-hmm. lay down on the bed for a, a brief break before I had to talk to you, had to being yeah. the key word there, had to. And to just water just started leaking out of my face, mainly eyeballs yeah. uh, and streaming. Now, is that sobbing? Uh, is that is that sadness? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Did you have something in your eye? Tears? Yeah, okay. <laughs> that might be what it was. <laughs> I've always taken sobbing to be the, like the kind of almost like glottally blocked exhalation like you your body wants to exhale and then it catches in your throat and you go (laughs) i've always thought that was blubbing yeah that could be blubbing too (laughs) yeah to me blubbing is onomatopoeic so it's like right yeah it's like let's hear a blub (laughs) oscar anyone come on that was gold (laughs) oh yeah, I laughed, I cried. I laughed, I blubbed. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I, I don't know if that was sadness or just exhaustion or a mixture of both. Um, but that I was just freely Pretty crying sure. before. Yeah. So I Could got it out. Both. Sometimes you have to. Yeah. Sometimes I have to watch that scene where Bambi dies and then just after I've finished cry wanking, <laughs> I'll I'll watch some sad movies and have a proper cry. Okay, at least you do them in order. You don't. Do, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't do them the other way around. That's sociopathic. You're no. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, you're a normal person. I'm a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> Loose definition. So, how have you been? How have you been? I can't believe how long it's been since I've actually seen your face. COVID is fucking weird. It has been months. It's been since what? Nearly Christmas, yeah. Yeah. Must have yeah. been. It's must been a long have been because we've had the whole fucking lockdown, haven't we? Yeah, uh, and I've gone think, back to work. And you've gone back to work, yeah, yeah. 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 Lockdown and then kind of lockdown and then uh, we're still like you can't do fun things, but you have to go and do the stuff you don't want to do. Yeah, and then two days ago was it? They've they lifted the the pubs and yeah. uh, have you have you seen the pictures of Soho yet? No, I haven't. What happened? <laughs> gone. I was there the other day. I was there yesterday. Oh, well, what was it like when you were there? It was marvellous uh, in the sense that it felt like it was trying desperately to return to normalcy, the normalcy from prior to COVID. But uh, yeah, there was, the characters uh, were out. They're, they're comparing it to like VE Day. Ah, I don't know Which, what that is. 
That's oh, that stands for Victory in Europe Day. That's when the oh, Nazis is that a World War Two thing? Officially defeated. Officially Nazis. defeated. I don't think they were ever officially defeated. If modern history is, <laughs> if recent history has been anything to go by, I think that might have been a um, premature celebration. But that's that's what these poor fools are comparing it to. I think I know that man. Anyway, let's not get bogged down. Here's, <laughs> here's a picture of revelers in Soho and the. Uh, yeah. The title is No Social Distancing, No Masks, Anger and Joy as Soho Streets Packed with Revelers After Lockdown Eases. I mean, what do they expect the, the people to do? To wear their masks and eat underneath the mask? <laughs> yeah. I'm always, I'm always like, when, when people put these different measures into place or then rescind those measures, I'm always fascinated to hear the reactions because I'm like, what are you expecting and how is reality yeah. not meeting your expectations? And how are your expectations wrong? Because it's not reality that's wrong. Reality is just reality. You right. expected something different from what was going to happen. And I'd like to know why you made that screw up. What, and how how you possibly came to that assumption that, that the British public would decide, well, there's already six people in that pub. I won't go and try and join in. Yeah. Who's, who's doing that? That's yeah. not going to happen. These places have been booked out for months. So this shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. God, no. And I mean, let's face it, outside... You walk down a narrow path outside, you're in closer contact to more than six people on your casual, what is it, allotted 15 minutes of daily exercise that you're allowed during lockdown, um, then you are there. I mean, at least everyone's facing... I know. And the the, the transmission outside is, what is it, one in a thousand? Yeah. It's very small. But look, I thought this was an interesting quote about this. Um, Maybe you want to read it. Here we go. Look. U.S. slash British playwright and broadcaster Bonnie Greer, who lives in the area, tweeted Humble her concern. Brag. Humble brag, yeah. Living in Soho, you're doing pretty good for yourself. Feel sorry for these people jammed up in the road at the end of my street, she wrote. No social distancing, no masks, landlords dancing around in glee like the chorus of the Royal Ballet. Cops have given up, choppers overhead trying to gauge the crowds. I guess it's sad. It doesn't look sad to me, judging by the pictures, but everyone looks to be having a marvellous time. Even that cop in the middle has kind of like a, I'm trying to look tough, but I just want to squeal like a little girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These people don't look sad. Nope. These Even these policemen don't look, they, they look actively happy. Perhaps the young lady is sad that she is at home rather than out with the revelers. Maybe yeah. that's Miss, Miss Greer has um has mistaken her own sense of, uh, I don't want to say jealousy, but then I've already done it, um, for, for something else. I mean, but although perhaps she is genuinely concerned. I guess. I think part of what rubs me the wrong way about this quote the thing about landlords dancing around in glee, like the chorus of the Royal Ballet, it's like, well, they haven't made money in a year. Yeah. Like, this is finally some custom. Yeah. They have just been, like, of course they're happy. Why mm. wouldn't they? And everyone's happy that they're able to just be outside and with other people. Yeah. It sounds like hyperbole, but then if it isn't hyperbole, it gives you an indication of just how messed up things have been for them. Because... <laughs> I don't, I don't want to generalise Londoners, but you don't see a lot of them dancing for glee. 
in right. the streets, especially and for that, no reason. Yes, and cert- <laughs> certainly not as choreographed as if they were in the Royal Ballet, which gives no. it a, a very fancy air. It's impressive, isn't it? If you can, yeah, da- if anything. you can dance just purely for glee's sake, as though you are in the Royal Ballet, then I think yeah. you probably missed a trick being a pub landlord. <laughs> you probably should have done ballet for a living. I don't know what the pay's like, but in the last year, I reckon they might have done better than pub landlords. I find it interesting as well that, you know, someone says, like, cops have given up. It's like, okay, you you want the alternative then. You want them to round up and it, detain and yeah. there'll be violence and put all these people in prison. Mm. Is that that's what you want? Give, yeah, you want giving them- up what? Well, what's the alternative here? Yeah, yeah exactly. Given uh, up what? Are they not enforcing the law to the letter of the law? <laughs> what, what more are they supposed to do? That no yeah. one's breaking any laws. We just changed the laws. That was the point of the revel revelry. I think there's a thing that they want them to be lo- like, um, like almost like a, like official uh, what do they call it? tattletales type thing. Like I did, I did this job. Uh, a small film thing and there's a covid person on set right it's his job to give us all the covid talking mm. you know all the this is this is this this many people here remember hands face space all of that stuff and then once we, once we're filming what he would do is every now and again you'd sort of see him he'd be poking around his head round the corner, and he'd like see sort of three people together. He'd start to make a beeline for them. They'd catch him out the corner of their eye. They'd start to separate. You know, masks that had been around the chin would start to creep uh, north over the nose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's good on him for getting off his ass and actually trying to do his job. If it right. were me, I would probably just have yelled, "Oi, you! Yeah, get two meters. Do you guys, think- do you guys measure stuff in meters here? I don't know." Yeah, weirdly enough, the, the the official thing is in meters. In in America, it's in feet. Yeah, of course they don't use they don't use any metric anything unless they're dealing drugs, do they? Right, yeah. exactly. And even then, I don't I don't know. I'm just going by hearsay of what what, what some friends tell me. <laughs> Forget this, right? The COVID supervisor, as as we were leaving, mm. uh, at the end of the day, you know, outside saying goodbye. He's like the last person coincidentally in the line that we're saying goodbye to all right all right see you later mate and he went take care yeah <laughs> well i mean he is on a, on the set of a uh of presumably some sort of dramatic theater-esque thing so, so, so he was know, in character yeah he, he's playing the role of somebody who isn't over all the measures involving covid so you know bravo to him should give him a bravo sag or whatever they give over here yeah right exactly about BAFTA. BAFTA. It's <laughs> a great yeah. acronym. Um, so what are your thoughts on, on all of this COVID stuff? I presume you've had your jab, which I no, have not. Not yet. <laughs> but My thoughts on everything. But your partner must have, right? Ash yes, must my have. partner has. She's had her first of two. Jabs. Right. Yeah. So is Caitlin. Uh, yeah. AstraZeneca? I think so, yeah. The one that recently came out with all the clots. Nah. Prior to Johnson and Johnson, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not fast on that. Twenty-two so, clots in thirty-four million. Doses. I was going to say those are astronomically small figures, and the the big shout that's been happening all over the internet is comparing those those clotting figures to the clotting figures of birth control, um, hormone right. birth control for women, which is obviously the risk of clots for those are far higher, given that you take them daily 
Right. So, you know, two doses of COVID vaccine, risk of clots, daily doses of hormonal contraceptive, much higher, you know, possibly for however many, you know, however many years um, the average woman takes that for. Ridiculously high risk. But, hey, makes a good headline, don't it? Exactly. It's a great headline. MSM, a great headline. A great headline. Um, Speaking of great headlines, I know you were about to tell me what you thought about COVID, and I'm interested, but this, I thought you would get a kick out of. (laughs) (laughs) Shanana, I think that's how you pronounce his name, Gusmao slaps mourners and sleeps in street outside Timor-Leste Hospital in COVID-19 protest. This is their president. (laughs) Country's first president joins mass rally disputing government's assertion that Armindo Borges, great name, died Mm. from coronavirus. I mean, so who's saying... So the government's asserted that this bloke's died of coronavirus, which, you know, given the current state of the world, entirely plausible. Yeah. Um, and this bloke here, who's the president, yep. is disputing that. And slapping people in the street because of it. I that's, mean, that's... Is this how you feel, I guess, is my point. Are you are you to the level now of slapping people in the street? When we first... <laughs> you, you were the first ever guest on this podcast. Back in the uh, beginning of... <laughs> my pleasure. It's just a fact. Back in the beginning of, of lockdown... Here you are back again. I mean, remember you saying it was like a dream for you. All your wildest wildest fantasies had come true. How do you feel now? Being back on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's worn off, mate. It's worn off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Are you asking about the podcast or the the over-corona? I'll never get the true answer about the podcast. Let's see if I can get the the true answer about the, the COVID. Um. I mean, it's it's one of those things that you. I mean, we've been dealing for what more than a year now, so it's yeah. just it's the novelty has worn off, which means the the novelty of being in any under any sort of government restriction has gone from a yeah, fair enough, lads, you know, do what you need to to, to get it under control. Um, sorry, and ladies, and ladies. Um, which is what that phrase is used for when you fuck yeah. up and say lads. Um, to being like, all right, I'm still going to respect you know, the measures you've put in place, but really you're taking the piss now. It's been more than a year. Yeah. I mean, everyone's hindsight is 2020. It's very difficult to genuinely criticize a governing body for the decisions it's made in retrospect. But at mm. the same time, I could have done a fucking better job, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't have, but I am still a little bit forlorn and uh, miffed at how, poorly the whole thing has seems to have been handled and again it's difficult to make any sort of um any sort of criticism without sounding a bit like a tool because again i'm not the guy who would have done better because what do i know i'm not even in that in that profession but as a citizen of this country uh, i mean yeah, it I is think my it's, right to criticize isn't it, yeah government. it's your right and i think it's fair enough to expect the people in charge to do a good job of being in just charge. a better job just at a, least just a, a better job at least a yeah. better job the yeah. number of flip-flops on things that really shouldn't have been they shouldn't have been in a position to flip-flop on the big one that, that pissed me off was masks so mm. old mate whatever his name is the head head honcho of uh talking <laughs> uh, science next to boris um uh, is it 
Valence or witty? They both look kind of the same. Professor, yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to misquote the guy. So prof, I think it was witty, but I couldn't be sure. Um, whoever was the head medical dude who said um, masks are unnecessary early on in the pandemic, like March, April last year, I think it was. And then now masks are like the the standard procedure for everything. And yeah. this part of me, it's just like, so what, what data did this dude see that made him sure that it was okay to go out and say you don't need masks because I can understand saying from a scientific perspective and I, I you know, got a little interest in science. So from a scientific perspective, I can understand saying we don't have the data to support either option. I can't tell you that wearing a mask will have any effect. I don't have that data. I can understand saying that because if you don't have data for something, scientifically speaking, you can't make a comment. You don't right. have anything to back it up with. Right. But to go out and say, you don't need masks, don't bother with masks. And yeah, just to clear it up, that is true. Yep. So 4th of March, 2020, Chris Whitty instead advises people to regularly wash their hands, tell public yep. not to wear masks. Yeah, and I, I would just little. love to, I'd love to ask, I'd love to ask the dude, what made you so sure that you could say that to the public with confidence? And then obviously in retrospect, he's had to rescind, not only rescind that, but mandate the wearing of masks in enclosed spaces and so, now like they kind of advise even two and the, the yeah. washing the hands thing i mean they still say it but you're not going to catch covid through your hands you're going it, to catch it's far it. less likely yeah, yeah it's going to through droplets in the air isn't yeah. it so far more a likely. mask yeah but 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 here's the thing even though it's it's a it's it's a novel coronavirus it still is a coronavirus mm. and like all coronaviruses they're spread in the same way. And we know masks work for that. Yeah. They've been around for ages. We already do, like like you said, we actually do have some information about that. Yeah, it's a new one. It's yeah. different in certain ways, but it is also similar in certain ways. Mm. What, what annoys me is the certainty. He, what he, what he, what I could have been okay with was him saying, we don't know that masks are going to be effective at this stage. We're not advising them because we don't have any data to suggest that they are a necessary measure. If he'd said something along those lines, I'd have been like, well, yeah, fair cop. If you don't have the data, you can't advise. That's just good science. Yeah. Even if you have a hunch, you're not supposed to go on the hunch because that's, that's the opposite of what science is. Um, but for him to have said, you don't need them. And then evidence comes through. Oh no, you do need them. In fact, they're the main thing we need. Because at one point there was someone, and this is going back six plus months. So I don't actually know where I'm getting the answer from. It might have been the CDC in America who had their own issues. But um, mm -hmm. so one of the regulatory bodies said that if some some ridiculous figure like eighty or eighty five percent of people wore masks, you'd end the pandemic without needing a vaccine. It's like just wear masks in public and the the coronavirus will numbers will fall because it won't be able to spread. And I'm like, that but they they also huge. they also had the same thing that Witty said. Look, this is from Yeah, and that's the thing. The March. CDC CDC reconsidering advice against public wearing of masks. Yep. Literally against. So yep. not even saying they won't do anything. It's like, no, don't wear them. Yeah. Like actively. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, how do you have a stance one way and then you have to flip flop to the exact opposite? Because either you got some incredibly wrong data that informed that initial erroneous decision, or you just made a stab in the dark and went, nah, I should be right, mate. Don't or worry about there's it. some 
more nefarious reason underneath it. <laughs> I mean, look, if there's nefarious reasons, then everything everything that we're speculating about is kind of moot, isn't it? Oh, okay, you... I'm not I'm not going full <laughs> 5G or anything with that. But I do remember early on that there was PPE shortages. Yep. So could have been that. No, that's a could, fair point. Which I don't think is the right thing to do. You should, uh, you know, the ends no. don't justify the means. And then if you put one message out there and then later on you're like, no, forget mm. that. It's the complete opposite. People are like, well, why'd you say the other thing? Yeah. You're going to erode all kinds of trust, even if it's like, well, we're running out of masks. Yeah. That's still doesn't I mean, sort of. And in that case, you would say masks are a necessity, but we need them for the staff who are fighting it on the front line. Everybody yeah. stay home. And if you have to leave, wrap your face in a scarf you know, yeah. or wear a, a, a bandana around your face or whatever, which I see people do anyway. And they get away with that. Cause you I think it's like a three ply mask is like the minimum standard yeah. and very few people have or wear those, but I mean, anything covering it's, it's physical droplets of moisture. So anything yeah. that is blocking your exhaled breath um, or a cough or a sneeze is going to be mitigating spread to some extent. If they just said that from the get go, it would, it would have, I don't know. In retrospect, it makes me question the entire, it's just a bit arrogant to have one answer based on presumably no data and then to 180 on it based on data, presumably again. So whichever, mm. whichever, whichever screw up it was, <laughs> annoys me that that screw up was made. <laughs> That, that really pissed me off. But the rest of it's fine, you know? Yeah, yeah. You're finding a way to operate. I mean, you're, I, you're working in a school at the minute, aren't you? So twice weekly tests, students in masks, you in masks, yep, yep. the whole thing. That's it. It was is that. It, what is it like? Is it Orwellian or is it fine? It's fine, really. I mean, kids are hugely resilient, especially the ones that I'm, I'm around. They've got... Um, they, they, you know, they, they moan, half of them moan like the, the staff do and, and everyone gets on with it. You know, some people right. have an opinion this way or that, but everyone does as they're told for the most part and they adjust, they adapt. It's what, you know, that's what kids are good at. You put them in pretty much any scenario and they'll come out with some semblance of adaptation to the, to that scenario because that's just how they are. Um, Who do you think will be the worst affected by this in the long term? Like what 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 age group? I mean, obviously people mm. who've actually got COVID or, or long COVID or yep. oh, they're the worst. Let's put, I'm, I didn't mean it like that. I meant sort of developmentally. Like I feel sorry for like people who've just graduated from mm. high school or something, right? Yeah, that'll be rough. That's, that's a rough group. Yeah. Uh, kids who are just joining a new secondary school. Yeah. That seems like how the year sevens you... from last year. Yeah. 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 Who, who do you think? I mean, it'd be hard to pinpoint one specific demographic. And I think it, it's probably most accurate, uh, but least interesting. It's probably most accurate to say anyone who was in, as, you, as you've said, a vulnerable position. So if you're in a transitionary, a transitory phase, transitionary phase, whatever. I think both, both are fine. <laughs> If you're in, in a transition from one stage to another or one, you know, style of living to another, you're probably going to have a rough, rougher time of it. Uh, the other one I would add to that is that uh, people who are already vulnerable for whatever reason. So those who don't have great home lives, those who are right. um, have, you know, underlying psychological issues, those yeah. who have just, just any extenuating circumstance that is going to be put over the edge by something like 
COVID or global pandemic, because none of us, you know, those of us who have handled it well have still not had a good time of it. So you can only imagine, you know, those who have already got pretty, you know, who would be having a bad day, even if it weren't the middle of the pandemic, the pandemic's not making it easier for most people. So I I would say those groups who are already vulnerable are probably going to have had the roughest time of it. Um, But yeah, anyone transitioning, the the year sevens that we had come, come in, you know, to a virtual environment, they seem to have done pretty well, to be honest. Um, yeah, they they had some some face to face time uh, in September last year, I think, uh, where they kind of got into the swing of of how things worked in real life. Um, but yeah, I mean, we won't know for for years, possibly yeah, decades, what the effect were. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Because if assuming that this June, the government says happens does happen and we lift the the social distancing measures and we in effect yeah massively hope that happens in effect go back to normal then the whole thing will have been like a year and a half give or take yeah so it's it i wonder like is it long enough for that to be a domino effect later on or is it short enough that it's a blip uh and it doesn't it doesn't affect like your development because i remember I was on the tube, I don't know how long ago, and there was a, like a little baby there. Mm. And they had this kind of like bewildered look in their face, like they do, they're very young. Because, but I, they were like looking for faces. You know, it's really important that they see faces. And they weren't, they, they couldn't see face. everyone is wearing a mask. Yeah. But the, the mum pulled her mask down and, the, you know, it actually made the kid calm down, just yeah. seeing like expressions. Face, of, yeah. And I just wonder if like there's some group of of youngsters who are have been stunted in some potentially like this is hilarious stuff isn't it (laughs) comedy podcast you say yeah sure i'll be in on that (laughs) i mean come on we can make stunted babies into something funny i know us (laughs) yeah no you're completely right there will i'm i imagine there will be unforeseen side effects um at a at a uh population level Although to make that a little less bleak, I would say that the younger you are, the more plastic you are in the sense that you have the capacity to adapt and transform to different scenarios. And there there have certainly been people who have gone through worse scenarios than what we've just been through and come out on the other side okay. But that's a really interesting point because, yeah, a, a, a baby who has a year of early development without seeing lots and lots of different faces could conceivably struggle to recognize facial cues or have difficulty socializing. I don't know. I'm not that deep into that particular area. So, but I presume there could be some sort of long-term effect. Um, That could just be my overactive imagination, but it's just one of the things I sort of. I assumed it was, you were just trying to mine comic gold with stunted (laughs) babies. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, you can stack them like a house of cards. You can. Yeah, they would make for great Jenga. <laughs> Do you think uh, when comedy clubs come back in this country that there'll be people, people will want COVID material or they'll be sick of it and it will just be go back to what it was like? Before? Really good question. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm kind of thinking that if you don't early on at least pay at lip service in the same way that if you, you know, follow an act who is wearing a giant black strap on, um, which I have done numerous times in my <laughs> short career. Um, and not the same dude either. It's it's a bit of a trope. Um, but yeah, yeah. if you um 
if if you don't address something, the elephant in the room, yeah. uh, rest in peace, Patrice. Uh, if you don't address the elephant in the room, then you are going to uh, probably have a little bit of a weird energy. But then I imagine also like all the other kind of cliches in comedy, like Tinder and all that. Um, you will be very quickly find that you can't touch on that subject unless you have something brilliant to say about it. I wonder if people will will be less into dark comedy as well, you know? Yeah. Because we were sort of living in a such a golden age before, and with that comes this sort of cynicism of like, oh, everything's shit type thing. And audiences would lap that up, right? Where now it's like everyone's had such a shit time. Maybe they just want just gags and like that's the safe hope. safe lovely that's what I, <laughs> I, I alternate between between gags and and horrifically dark stuff so i'm and i'm happy as larry to go back to gags it's just not what anyone ever wanted so yeah no yeah. I've, I've actually had this conversation uh recently well, relatively recently this same line of reasoning is will will people still want darker comedic topics or darker comedy I don't think that there's going to be much of a tangible difference except for maybe mm. in the mainstream, you know, you might find a bit more whimsy and, and stuff, but yeah, really I think people's sense of humor are pretty, pretty fixed once they're developed and, and right. good comedy is good comedy. It doesn't matter what, what branch you're kind of going for, you know, once you get to a certain level, uh, which you and I can only have a dream of reaching, um, you're kind of just funny because you're funny. That's all there is to it, you know, irrespective of how you yeah. can pigeonhole that person's style. Um, that's the I hope. S- <laughs> I, sus- I suspect you might be right. It's it will become sort of like you know, you know, acts who've got like a thing. Let's say uh, like Brad Williams, who's who's a little person. Like yeah. one of his first jokes will be about that. Yeah. You know, address like you say the elephant in the room, or in this case, the dwarf elephant in the room. Um, <laughs> sorry, cheap guy. But like, but now, now we've all got the same elephant. Yeah. But it, but at the same time, it seems weird to just go on stage and just go straight into. So I was on Tinder the other day. Whatever bullshit that people. Exactly. Do, yeah. Without yeah. nodding to this new shared reality that we're all yeah. in. You'd have to can you have to context recontextualize your your material. Um, but at the same time, I think there's a lot to be said for pretending that the last you know, a year and a half hasn't happened and just letting people have their escapism. Yeah. And I think that's where gags come in because gags are, gags are not, you know, there's broadly speaking, if you're going to put things on a spectrum, there are people who talk about reality and there are people who are almost surreal in their whimsy. Um, And I think that the, the latter is of a lot of value if reality is just too, Blech for for yeah. Um, mining for comedy, yeah. Because a, the a proper gag works just in and of itself. Yeah, it's internal. It's not. Yeah. It doesn't require any external context. You you build the context yeah. into it. Yeah, you yeah. just need shared language or or a shared. Sometimes you need a shared external context or a shared understanding of something. But yeah, I mean gags. That's why I like gags because gags are. Gags are gags, you know. You can tell them. You yeah. can send them in a text. You can tell them on stage. You can, right. unless they pivot off a particular inflection or, or a particular pun or something, they're pretty universal. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I always, I, I introduced a friend to uh, Mitch Hedberg the other day, oh. who never 
yeah. and you know he's 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 a gag machine but he's also amazing. also yeah. has that amazing unique delivery so it's like yeah. a, an extra bonus on top of just being a gag merchant mm. and it's like this this is comedy from you know at this point what at least two three decades yeah about, and it, it's about self, years it's, i think self-contained whereas like if you're watching an act from the same time do bits about reagan yeah it's, it's not gonna have the same no, but i think i think i think you're right about the um there's a, i think there'll be a desire to have this like covid adjacent reality because like a friend i was talking to a friend the other day about like tv shows that they liked and they were like i can't even remember this is how much i wasn't interested in what they were saying i can't remember the name of the tv show but this is because they went, and this this new season is all about COVID, you know, so there's people in masks. And, and I was like, mm. yeah, I just shut off the part of my brain that was actively remembering and yep. just wait, waited for them to finish so I could say, yeah. I don't want to watch that. Yeah, pretty much. I think that, that, yeah, when you have that kind of everything is based on the context of now or a particular time, you give yourself a an end date. You give yourself an expiry date for when yeah. that material is going to be just yeah, people are over it or people don't understand the context of it to get what is being said. Yeah. Um, or sensibilities change, you know, like we were right. talking obliquely about Patrice O'Neill, you know, his, his yeah. kind of stand up probably wouldn't get the same reception or probably would have had to evolve if it existed in the modern, you know, 2021 era. Um, but if you, if you can take yourself out of your own cultural context and uh, and watch his material in the context in which it was written and delivered you can see the genius he's brilliant he's amazing like just from a purely comedic perspective and it's boring as dog shit to intellectualize comedy but <laughs> fuck it, it's happier than covid um <laughs> you know he's his gags are on or his jokes are on another level he teases out Oh, I hesitate to say truths, but he teases out things which are true from his perspective. Well, and I think um, uh, he a lot of what he minds is uh, interpersonal relationships, yeah. especially, especially romantic. Yeah. And, and, and like, perhaps true for that perspective at that time, even yeah. if not objectively true, especially from a modern, you know, 2021 perspective. Sure. So like the, the, the goalposts of that kind of move, but like the underlying... Yeah, truth of romantic entanglements. Yeah, a lot of what he says is really just dead on. Yeah, and then you know there'll be a line that's like, "Oh yeah, it's the nineties or something." Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? it, it's the nineties, or you know, the, there's still that kind of unconfronted element of of misogyny that is not yeah. necessarily in him, but is in the culture yeah. that he's you know talking about. Um, you know, for someone who. You know, I've only ever seen his stand-up special and him on um, uh, oh, no. Colin Quinn. Oh, that? tough crowd, tough, tough crowd. crowd. Yeah, I've, so I only really know him from his stand-up and his appearances on that thing. Um, but yeah, from that alone, you know, the guy's comedy was on another level to the people he was uh, quote unquote competing against in terms of you know being the golden child of that. Age. Have you been recently rewatching some classic comedy? Is that where this has come from? Constantly cycling. Um, yeah, I, I find I find I, I quite like to go back in time and watch comedians from uh, bygone era and uh, just you know just kind of milk them for the inspiration that they are. 
not really it's, in terms of material, but just in terms of... <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> By now, people have forgotten these guys. Yeah, what have people forgotten? <laughs> it's parallel thinking. <laughs> yeah, who, have no. you, who have you been watching recently? I think the last person... I re-watched a bunch of Dylan Moran stuff, and Dylan Moran oh. is my, my favourite comic ever. Um, mm. And I just, just re-watched it, and I'm now sitting there appreciating more and more the way in which he speaks and the the poetry of his speaking voice and, and just the way he mm. can entrance an audience with the rhythm and the the lyricism mm. of just the way he it's not even that his jokes are necessarily you know they're not to everyone's taste but his delivery of his jokes yeah. is done in such a almost like a songbird or i think the irish um the Irish word is shanaki. It's like the um, the storyteller around the around the campfire or something. You googling that? Yeah, um, it's a new word for me. I like but, that. You know, he has this kind of I don't know, half poet, half storyteller, all comic. And it's just now that I've been doing comedy for a while, and that's kind of like that was the reason I wanted to do comedy. It's like hell if I can do that, that's the best thing ever. Um, and I'm nothing like that at all. Um, so when I watch it, I'm still in awe of it, you know. Whereas if I watch people yeah. who who run gags the same, or, you know, in a similar vein to what I do, like I watch Mitch Hedberg and just think the the mindset that he was in when he thought of that is enviable. Um, even his run of the mill gags are just like he's in he's in a different world when he writes those. He's not yeah. looking at reality from the same way that the rest of us are. Um, to see those connections and make that link and create that that little kind of uh, bit. But yeah, when I watch Delmore, it's just like, oh my lord, why can't I do that? <laughs> why can't I? Why can't I speak like a songbird? <laughs> Yeah, Shenaki. Shenaki is how it's anglicised. Obviously, in the uh, in the Gaelic spelling, it has a ridiculous number of e's and a's and strange i's and d's that it's got accents make it and stuff over the vowels, does it? Quite yeah. difficult to. Yeah. I mean, how would you pronounce this word? S e a n c h a i d h. Yeah, I don't speak any Gaelic, so I couldn't even begin to pronounce it. The the way I've heard it pronounced is Shunaki or something along. Shunaki. That's my like Australianizing of the Irish accent, speaking the English word of a Gaelic word. Yeah. Speaking of Irish, today I had my um my passport uh, application witnessed, <gasps> and I'm sending it off the next probably tomorrow or the next few days. Nice for the Republic. That's well, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to join those Fenian bastards up north. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not digging. My <laughs> I was going to say, Norway. have you seen the news in the past month <laughs> or oh, past uh, century? Indeed. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's kicked off again. Yes, it has. Yeah, uh, no, 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 for the Republic. Yeah, so I'm going to play. I'm going to become Irish before I become American. That's, that's the plan. That's probably a good way in. They they quite like the Irish over there, don't they? Yeah, they do. There's just, they have special um, uh, visas and uh, mm. travel links if you're Irish, which yep. they pretty much don't have it for anyone else. I thought they might have it for Brits, but no. do they? But, I think it's something to do with that the massive influx of Irish people that went over some some time ago. Yeah. I Again, I get all this from comedy. I don't actually know any history. <laughs> I just hear little snippets and piece together a bit of what I think is history, but it's probably just BS. 
Well, yeah, the, the problem with learning history from comedians is usually, <laughs> usually it's a nugget of truth um, and then a load of high verbal. Yeah, it's like a pig with. in a blanket. There's, <laughs> there's no pig. <laughs> there's no blanket, but you still, yeah, everyone loves pigs in blankets. I love pigs in blankets, but I have a question for you. What, <laughs> um, <laughs> why are you a pig in a black? No, um, get, take that, take that off. What, um, what, what are they in Australia? Because in America, mm. pigs in blankets are not the same thing that they are here. Well, what are they for starters? Because I only know the phrase. I don't know what the what it's actually referring to. So in the UK, pigs in a blanket is, as I understand it, a mini sausage wrapped in bacon. Okay. And in the now, States? Uh, like a mini sausage roll, like pe- puff pastry and uh, and a sausage and maybe a with fig. With a sausage or with mincemeat rolled into a sphere? I believe yeah, a sphere. sausage. I'm Cute. slightly operating outside of my knowledge base. I think it's a sausage. Better get this right, Mick, because you'll get hate crammed for this shit. You have to uh, get pastries right. Okay, I'm looking, according to wikipedia.org, heard of it? Mm. Uh, there. It's um, hot dogs in croissant dough. There you go. Pastry dough, yeah. yeah. Short pastry. Well, that was my understanding. It's like a little frankfurter in um, in what we would call short, not short pastry, um, like a phyllo or a um, uh, pie dough crust. No, probably oh. not pie dough crust, but like a what you would wrap a sausage roll in or a uh, you know have on top of a pie or anything like that. Um, I see. Yeah, that's my understanding of it. Because we have sausage sausage rolls are almost as big a deal as meat pies in Australia, but they're both very, they're both separate things. So sausage, a sausage roll is a is a mince meat log wrapped in. <laughs> you make it sound so appealing. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, and when you have one, you you know exactly what you're having. Um, wrapped in a kind of puff, I don't want to say puff pastry, but I guess it's a similar idea to like, a. I wouldn't call it a croissant pastry, but I guess if you bake a sausage in it, maybe it is. Um, but it's, yeah, it's that flaky puff pastry style dough, but it doesn't puff up huge. It's kind of layered. It probably is freaking croissant. What would you, what would you call a sausage wrapped in bacon then? A heart attack? What, what does that not have? That's a good Thursday night, Ruskin. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> So I said, we've done precious little actual actual laughing on this episode yeah. of the podcast. Overrated. Um, I found something that I think you'll like, though, speaking of laughing. <laughs> it's called Simple Wikipedia. Have you heard of it? Uh, yeah, is that where they're like, everything's like, explain it like I'm a five-year-old? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> type in black holes. Okay. <laughs> see let, what comes out of Simple Wikipedia when you type in black holes. That's Actually, really... see what happens when you type it into normal Wikipedia. Just don't go Google. Here we go. Simple Wikipedia. A black hole is a region of space from which nothing even light can escape. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's Slow real... down. That's a really good, simple explanation. That's like basic English. Anyone could understand that. It's a region of space from which nothing, including light, can escape. Nothing can escape it, including light, which is what gives it its presence of blackness. Yeah, absence of ref- reflected light. Yeah, I but I think that, that you're getting a bit complex there for simple Wikipedia. <laughs> Perhaps I think this next sentence, in fact, is too complex for simple Wikipedia. Look at that I'm sort of curving of space time. I mean, as soon as you say space time and it's highlighted in blue, 
Uh, okay. You say the a general theory of relativity, that's complex in and of itself. But even right. if you could, even if you just gloss over that and pretend people know what that is, um, it's the result of a curving of space-time caused by a huge mass. So space-time, what? Space-time And is also a, a huge mass, or... excuse me, <laughs> I've never curved anything due to my mass. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my very rudimentary understanding of what a, of what a black hole is, um, that is, sounds is right, but I'm not the person to ask. A What's supermassive that? black hole... I have on good authority. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Peter's anus. Um, <laughs> here we go. SMBH, as they're also known, is a black hole Why? with a mass. Why do we need to acron- acron- acronymize that? Acronymize. acronymize. Why do we need to acronymize supermassive black hole? It sounds fantastic. It sounds a little bit like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, only because it starts with super and then has a bunch of, you know, staccato consonants after it. <laughs> Sounds like Here the we start go. of a beat poem. I, I, think this is, I think this is a bit better than, it does sound like the start of a, big po- a beat poem. I think this is better, more, more, in, more in simple Wikipedia's brand. How supermassive black holes get started is not get yet started. known. <laughs> <laughs> like they're a band. But you've got to, you've got to sing it. A supermassive black hole is a black hole with a mass that is between 10 to the power of 5 and 10 to the power of 10, the mass of the sun. Scientists are confident that almost all the galaxies, including the Milky Way, have supermassive black holes at their centres. Oh, that's a a sombre note to end on. Right? They've all got supermassive black holes at their centres, which means we're all being slowly drawn towards a supermassive black hole. Hey, how do you like this for a... a, um, It's not a theory. I I could never call it a theory. How do you like this for a... um, an uneducated sentiment that, okay. yeah, for my rudimentary I'm understanding, could conceivably be right. Um, the idea that the Big Bang started when the previous uh, universe had timed down or wound down due to entropy uh, into essentially nothingness from which the Big Bang that started our universe occurred. Uh, this is a never-ending cycle of... Big Bang's inevitable entropy burning down to nothing left from which Big Bang entropy repeat. I wish you'd I wish you'd explained it in simple Wikipedia. (laughs) Let me start uh, again. (laughs) No, so so it's like an accordion? Yeah, let's say it's like an accordion. Like you get to the end, except instead of so you go to you pull an accordion apart and it goes. Whatever the sound of an accordion makes, not musical, um, not even close. There's an accordion player listening to this podcast, just thinking, "Yeah, that was so inaccurate." So you pull a an accordion apart, and it goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you pull the accordion apart, but when you get to the end of the accordion's range, instead of you then compressing the accordion, yeah, your hands reappear at the center of a fully shortened accordion and you just expand the next accordion so you pull the first accordion into nothingness and then your hands reappear together with an accordion between them and you just start pulling the next accordion apart what happens to the previous accordion it just gets ripped into nothingness that's you know do you know what entropy is um simple wikipedia Wikipedia tells (laughs) 
Uh, it's an entropy sort of like everything disintegrates into chaos yeah. and yeah. I think it's expansion. Dust. That's my my rudimentary understanding of it is it's the continual expansion of everything away from everything else. Oh, but I thought that it was... again is probably <laughs> entropy, according to Simple Wikipedia. My new homepage <laughs> is uh, oh. It's a measure oh, of the okay. amount of energy which is unavailable to do work. <laughs> All right. So I was nowhere near correct. I thought it was just that things... Uh, oh, look, see, there we go. A measure of uncertainty or randomness. So I was partly right. You were partly right. And I was completely wrong. I wonder what I'm talking about then, because there is some sort of phenomena that is everything... Oh, hang on. I'm talking about thermodynamic entropy by the looks of it. Of course you Part are. Part of the science of heat It's a mistake energy. you make all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, thermodynamic entropy. Yeah. Wow, this Part is... of the science of heat energy uh, is a measure of how organized or disorganized energy is present in the system of atoms and molecules. It is measured in joules of energy per unit Kelvin. <laughs> Simple, on, wait, really, wait. Wikipedia? Wait, do this. Do this bit. Of, Okay. Imagine that a group of molecules has 10 units of energy. If the energy of the molecules is perfectly organized, then the molecules can do 10 units of work. However, if energy became less organized, this has lost its charm. So it's, the harder, it's actually so, harder to take in the uh, It is, yeah. So as entropy increases, the energy becomes less organized. The molecules might only be able to do six units of work because of the increase in entropy even though they still have 10 units of energy in them. So the, the amount of energy is the same, the amount of molecules is the same, but as entropy increases, the molecules can do can only do less work. I like this, um, this cup of tea analogy. <laughs> the tea has a lot of energy compared to the room the tea is in. Over time, the heat in the tea will spread into the room. The tea becomes colder. Once the tea became cold, there's no more heat. The tea has reached total entropy. Ah, that yeah, it's a way better explanation. And yeah. kind of, I was still wrong, but that was that was what I was trying to explain when I didn't <laughs> explain it at all. When I screwed up, I was trying to do that, which wasn't a screw up, but I didn't. <laughs> Instead, I said some BS that sounded like it could have been true. Um, in answer to your original question, the uh, accordion view of hmm. um of the universe uh i haven't heard it in that particular way before i've heard it so i've never thought about it i've heard of the idea of it expands reaches sort of maximum expansion and then begins to contract reaches ultimate contraction and then, and then that's the explosion. big bang okay. start again etc that's the cycle instead of hmm. expanding so far that it tears apart of the fabric and then you're left with a, a seed at the beginning which starts with to expand nothing again. Else. Yeah. I mean, either way, we won't be alive to see it. So it's a moot point. <laughs> we won't be alive to see anything. Nothing interesting is going to happen before we die. What about... Fingers, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to for, for everything to be pretty cool until I'm, I'm out of it. Till you're done. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit that late for like that. that. I mean, that's you... what I mean. Given that the, uh, given the state of the world due to global pandemic and... 
all the other stuff we're ignoring until the global pandemic is done. <laughs> Have you noticed the, the the resolute lack of uh, news about climate change whilst the pandemic has been on? Sorry, climate catastrophe, it's now been renamed. Is that, well, that makes more sense, yeah. Yeah, change. well, it's getting to the point of being like, yeah, the worst case scenarios, we're there and we're looking, <laughs> we're looking further now. We're going to have to redo our worst case scenarios. Yeah, because people already are a bit averse to change, but they can sort of, it change isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think it's very hard to say, was it a good catastrophe or a bad? <laughs> it's not many people who view catastrophe in those terms. What was the uh, chaos is a, chaos is in the pit, it's a ladder? That was Littlefinger in, in the artist formerly known as Game of Thrones. <laughs> well, I refuse to speak about now. Why is that little man still writing those books? Do people give a fuck anymore? I He's mean, still... presuma- presumably they give a fuck more about the books than they do about the abysmal the... TV show and the follow-ups they're trying to do. What a disaster. What like, a disaster. If I, were, if I were George Martin, and I'm not, I should stress this to your viewers, I'm not. Um, Even though superficially, if I were to age you exactly. 50 years and shrink you. Mm. Is he small, is he? I believe, simple Wikipedia will back me up. <laughs> I believe I mean, he's like five foot. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's and he looks a bit like a, a, a hobbit. He looks like a, like um, Gimli. No, he looks like an old Gimli, maybe. Yeah, you're right, actually. But the, I was thinking more of the working cap. Um, yeah, true. It's, it's, this doesn't say his height. Let's see if we can find his height. What your get? What's your guess? Uh well, I can only see the top half of his torso. So, how long's a piece of massive rope? Why has he got so much <laughs> rope behind him? <laughs> That's his thing. He's, he's either in a shipyard or he's in his dungeon. Five foot six. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not particularly short, is it? Yes, it's very short. Is Considering, it? well, the average height for men in the Netherlands is six foot. Yeah, but that's the Netherlands. They're all Norse gods up there, aren't they? That's right. They're all beautiful people. Not all of them, but most of them. The Most of yeah. the ones that I've seen have been. Most of the bodies you've killed have been. <laughs> Um, I didn't kill them. They just happened to stop working while I was present. To be fair, trendcelebnow.com says that he's <laughs> set seven foot nine and 373 pounds. Or that's not him. Kilos. That's his uh, appendage. <laughs> that's his dragon tail. I like the fact that these things exist. Yeah, what, really... complete and utter farcical news outlets <laughs> that peddle misinformation. Yeah, can't yeah. get enough of them. It's quite good, isn't it? It's wonderful. What what a wonderful world we live in. <laughs> See, if I was George Martin, and I'm not, again, got to stress that, I'm not George Martin, but if I were Yet. George Martin, I would be incredibly peeved at the, um, let's say, the downturn in uh, quality of my namesake's TV show, of my work's TV show, Um yeah, when you know. when they when they outstripped the the raw material of the books, and they were like, "We'll just keep doing it." Yeah, it was it was it was noticeably poorer quality. But then that final season was such poor quality and so unfulfilling, given the, the incredible build up. I mean, you got to give it to them. D and D are edging champions because they managed to edge a couple <laughs> million people to a really anticlimactic uh, season eight finale. Um, yeah, no, I, I just remember yeah. watching. I remember watching that last episode of that last season, and just thinking to myself, "I'm never going to rewatch these. 
I'm never yeah. going to watch. I, I, and I, you got to understand, I was hugely into it, like yeah. insanely into it and have been for almost a decade. And then I watched that last thing and it was just like, it's dead to me. I'm, and will, I've never yeah. had that kind of like, just, it was a, it was a mixture of sadness and anger and just <laughs> a kind of, it was like a sigh of like, Oh, so that, that massive part of my life and massive source of enjoyment is just nothing. Um, it's like ashes in my mouth. Is it because for is it forever forever tainted? Yeah, because like I, the I idea can't of sticking on episode one. You're like, what's exactly? Because it doesn't matter how good any of the initial stuff is, it is building towards a colossal disappointment. And now that I know that, if I'd never watched season eight, I could rewatch the first seven seasons again and again and get as much out of it as I did, you know, the first couple times. But knowing where it goes, knowing how mm. poorly resolved it was, mm. um, I can't watch any of the any of the characters go through any of the stuff because it's not worth it. There's no there's no payoff at the end, you know. Well, the, the payoff is Bran is king. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what we all wanted, wasn't it? I remember when I first started watching, I saw that boy climbing that thing, and I was like, yeah, that bloke. He looks like he could run a couple kingdoms back to back. <laughs> If you can, if you can climb a tower, you can yeah. run a kingdom. I think Basically. it would have been a great move for them to do that three episodes before the end. You know, yeah. do the whole let's make brand kit. Spoiler alert, whatever. Uh, you know, give the woke <laughs> brigade what they want. <laughs> spoiled, already. and then because the realities of Game of Thrones world is by the next episode, he'd have had a number of attempts on his life. Yeah. Uh, he would have become corrupt, mm-hmm. and then after a few episodes, he gets killed by his brother. You know, that's that's what, that's where that's going to go. By the law of Game of Thrones law, <laughs> that's how that had to happen. Yeah, I mean, it, it just I don't even care that he was king. No, I, just I know care that that's none not, of the story, none of the character of development meant anything. It was all, all was for shit. nothing, and all the build up, like every little bit of build up. I love misdirection. I love the twists. I love the the gritty realism that I don't mm. know if it actually was gritty realism, but who cares? It doesn't matter. It was entertaining. Um, of like having a character built up to be this archetypal hero and then having them just killed off screen or, you know, ended by a nobody or they just happened like, you know, Robert Baratheon, this incredible warrior. And then he's killed by a boar because he's too drunk to aim his spear. Wonderful. Because that's exactly how real life kicks you. Real yeah. life will, will kick the crap out of you with something you were not expecting to happen. And that's, I think that's fantastic to put that in a fantasy setting. Absolutely. Especially in one that's so high profile. But then to turn everything around at the, the eighth hour in this case and have it all just be real fairy tale and romantic I and know. not link up to any of the previous stuff and just have characters who have been developed for eight years, eight plus years, behave in a way that is not explained by any aspect of their character development that's like okay i know we could actually genuinely run through all the main characters and it does it does actually apply let's let's not um you know what (laughs) what i thought of when you said that is um i visited this castle however long ago in slovenia i'll show you it it's fucking amazing it's built into the side of a uh a mountain um, it does sound incredible. Which is just astonishing. I think I've spelled it slightly wrong. I think it's Postonia, and I've done Postjama. I don't know. Uh, there he is, Prejama Castle, um, which is fucking epic. 
Uh, and then when you go there, you're like, wow, look, it's a fucking castle built into the side of a mountain. Yeah. Uh, and you sort of think that's amazing. And then you, you go in and very quickly you realize, oh, living here would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> everything is damp. There's moss growing yeah. everywhere. Yeah, it's absolutely. dark as fuck. <laughs> and you're going around being like, oh, yeah, okay. I see why this would be actually a really big letdown. But there's yeah. this amazing history of this a robber baron who who takes over the castle one night kills the guards establishes that as, as as his home base with his like three wives and he fends off the army for weeks who are trying to get in he's got a local maid who's using the secret cave entrance to bring up food amazing story and you're like yep. wow what a hero you know how he dies taking a shit yep Someone fired the window. He's taking a shit at the window. Someone goes, oh, look, and they fire a cannon at him. Yep. <laughs> that is how those stories should go. Yeah, instead exactly. of the, that's how, right? that's how a lot of death happens. It's just, you know, you get dysentery and shit your guts out. And that's just <laughs> it. You're not, you're still a human being. It doesn't matter how heroic your mythos is built into. You're still if you are a real character, a real life human, you are still a real life human. You're subject to all the same physical laws as everybody else. And uh, I love it when that is the kind of thing that, you know, you've got these epic stories and they happen to gloss over all the icky parts of life or they'll play up certain icky parts to make themselves seem gritty or grim. Yeah. And like, I just I just like it when occasionally there is a little sliver of reality in a, in a fantastical story that's like, it's not garish. It's not there to be, yeah. it's not there to show off about how, you know, gritty it is, but it gives yeah. you that sense of like, oh yeah, this is all the real, it makes everything else seem better. It makes everything more tense because you're I think like, that's well, fair enough. People are, people are, you know, the, the stupid response, <laughs> the simple Wikipedia response to what you said <laughs> is, you know, people are like, oh yeah, there's dragons in it though. So how realistic can it be? It's like, no, 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 no. Have you been there to Australia? Yeah, there are dragons. Like, fuck you. There are some fierce creatures around. Yeah. yeah. No, but it's like in the world where dragons do exist. Yeah. That's just a thing that exists. That's not, that's no longer stupid. Yeah. It's stupid to have narrative jumps that yeah. don't make sense in this world you have created. Yeah. And then to be like, that's why people hated Lost. They just started breaking, yeah. breaking their own rules. Yep. Exactly. You have to have internal consistency. Um, and even if you have an open magic system, uh, like yeah. Game of Thrones have has an unexplained yeah. kind of, you know, vague magic, you know, abilities in the world, um, they have to, they have to function by a certain rule and it has to be pre-established. Otherwise you lose all weight. Um, you mm. know, in the same way that Gandalf riding towards the Nazgul in, in um, Return of the King and he fires that same white beam of light that he's used throughout any time you see Gandalf do some magic. Like he's only got three or four spells up his sleeve, <laughs> and that's that's his thing. That's what he does. That's like yeah. this is a this is some you know great and powerful demigod wizard thing. And it's like yeah, but he's still he can't just be a um you know a, um a ringer for the for the end game. He can't right, be right, the right. dude who comes in and just like ah oh, check it out fucking wizard. <laughs> You know, otherwise the story sucks because yeah. no one wants to see the massively powerful character just breeze through everything. Right. Yeah. There's no story to be had there. What did you ever watch a program called Captain Scarlet? No. So do you know the Thunderbirds? Yes. 
So Captain Scarlet was like a Thunderbird. Uh, he was like, it was the same marionette thing. And he might even be in their extended universe for all I know. And look, there he is, Captain Scarlet. Very right. James Bond looking. Isn't it weird that for a period of time, marionette entertainment was perfectly yeah. legitimate and mainstream? I mean, Jim Henson is not a marionette, but he's, you know, the next best thing. And he's still, you know, an essential part of certain styles of our, of our cinema. But here's, hold on, hopefully it will play you the intro. And this is why I always hated Captain Scarlet. They've just shot 21st century television with a cylindrical arrow. I can hear nothing. Viewers at home, can you hear anything? <laughs> I can hear the echoing of the sound of my own voice. Oh, that's a nice looking set, though. Um, that's annoying that you can't hear the noise. Uh, it's meant to, <laughs> you're meant to be able to hear the noise. Anyway. Can you sing it to me? Uh, I can. Except, but shan't. <laughs> uh, I'll show you. I can sing it, but I don't know all the lyrics. But um, just tell them the melody. Yes, too upbeat. It was very upbeat. And the thing is, is the the first few lyrics were Captain Scarlet indestructible. So the whole thing was, you can't kill him. He can't die. Nothing bad can happen to him. Yes. So. What's what point? what is the fucking point? <laughs> what story are you telling there? That's why I never got invested in Superman. Is that like the the only way you're ever going to develop that character is if you a kill people he cares about, or b find a way to not make him not have him be indestructible. Yeah. Or alternatively, and this is the I think the route that um the boys went down the TV show the boys is you have the Superman character become corrupted absolutely by the absolute power that he has which is that old trope of you know power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely Absolutely. and i think that's a a much more interesting way to go with the character is like this guy's invulnerable and a superhero and a complete asshole (laughs) just the worst person you could ever hope to meet because that's yeah that's a good way to go is that is that good then the boys that's this i got through the first season um i'm not big into superhero stuff like I got, I got through all the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but only because they're really well, well, most yeah. of them. Actually, no, yeah. I didn't even get through it all. I haven't seen several of the, of the better movies in the series just purely because I've, I'm fatigued of it. Yeah. There's only so many times you can have, you know, a person discover their powers and then yeah. some bad stuff happens and then they overcome it to become and it's better. Always, and it's always about the Tesseract. And I, I feel like I... <laughs> I feel like I missed the film where they explain why the fuck anyone cares about the Tesseract. Well, that, that's that's what you that's what you were trying to find, wasn't it? The Tesseract at one point, because you look like Loki in the film movies. <laughs> you bastard! You look like Tom Hiddleston in Loki in Loki outfit. Except he's got stringy hair, and I've got luscious curls. I I mean, I wasn't going that deep. I was just <laughs> thinking, you know, moderately handsome brunette. Fuck you. Also, don't call me a brunette. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Is that degrading to you? Exceedingly so handsome brunette. Um, <laughs> okay, well, I won't watch the, the boys then. Fuck it. I mean, you, you know can what? if you've got nothing else to do. Don't let me You know what I've you. been watching? Catfish. You ever watch Catfish? No. Is that the one about the guys who in the Mississippi, not Mississippi Delta. Yeah, the Mississippi Delta, who they go noodling. 
And they're, they're like wading waist high in the water and they stick their hands in holes Wait, and they what, fish what is, the catfish. What is, is that noodling? what it's about, Ruskin? Because it, it sounds noodling. like that's what it's about, mate. <laughs> I got distracted, but I want to I want a simple Wikipedia noodling because I think it might be something different <laughs> to what I'm describing. It's the it's the weirdest name for a completely legitimate means of getting dinner um, and has <laughs> nothing to do with noodles in the slightest, to my knowledge, um, unless you're like wriggling your fingers like there's some tasty noodles for the fish. But yeah, noodling looks like it'd be fun. I, th- yeah, I mean, I've never done fishing. it. Yeah, I've never done it. And I've never, I don't know much more about it than having watched a couple YouTube videos. But apparently you're wading through a, a river system. You find a hole where a catfish might live. You stick your hand in the hole. The catfish bites you. You grab onto the inside of its head and then you pull it out. And then you've got yourself a catfish. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Which no. It's just the most novel way of catching a fish is, well, I'm, I want to eat that fish, but fair's fair. I'll let it eat me first. Yeah. I mean, the, at least the fish is going out on a high, being like, I'm yeah. going to fuck it. I'm going to have this boy. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to be eating on this for days. <laughs> yeah. It is It is a method of catching catfish using your bare hand. Um, this is catfish in the figurative sense rather than oh, the literal. When a. Um, when the person you don't want to have sex with pretends to be someone you do want to have sex with, and of course yeah. you should try and rendezvous with them for some form of intercourse. This is exactly it. Yeah. This <laughs> is what they've made. They've made many series of it. It's on Amazon prime. It's wild. Is it? Um, yes, it is. It's, well, you know what? It's really interesting from a sort of psychological point of view, because it's not sort of it's not always what you think it's going to be which is some horrific troll yeah. uh using a model's pictures and trying to bilk some poor sap for money yeah it, it's it's by no means always that like it's uh, average looking people looking for a genuine connection that they don't yeah. think they can sustain with their average looking face yeah a lot of it's that so yeah. it's kind of heartbreaking from that yeah. point of view i think and there's then, a lot of that in the world there's a lot of like uh, vengeful exes as well, oh, yeah. sort of like trying to lure in, or sometimes they're still going out with a person and they're like, I'm going to create a fake profile and try and honey trap them. Um, <laughs> or the wildest one was the one I saw last week, which this guy was like, you know, he's like, okay, I've been in, in a relationship with this person for six years. And they go and meet him. They're like, you know, he's like, I've got some concerns. We've never video chatted. Um, you know, it's like, well, that six years. Uh, and he's like, we've only chatted on the phone once. And um, she's Katy Perry. <laughs> Sorry. Yep, it's it's Katy Perry. And he shows emails, you know, from per Katie at gmail.com or something being like, yeah. oh, my God, my new single <laughs> launches today. I'm so excited. And this guy's like, see, she really, uh, you know, confides in me. And they're like, right. Give us the details and we'll, we'll, you know, they go off, they do some basic searching for who this person is. And it's this woman from England, just using Katy Perry's pictures. They find the email address, they find the phone number associated with it, all of that. He's yeah. like, he's like, no, that, that doesn't sound right. They're like, right, we're going to go to England. Let's go and meet this person. They fly to England. They go to the countryside. They meet this woman. This woman goes, yeah, it was me. I, you know, I was kind of doing it. I, I didn't think it was going to go as far as it did. And uh, 
you know, they, they, as you do. As you do. On the weekend, I'm always creating fake email accounts to convince people I'm a celebrity yeah. so I can engage them for six years in an online relationship. It's just a six-year whim. Just a yeah. six-year whim. We've all, we've all had those. We all have six-year whims. But then um, then they, you know, they, they break away and they go to the guy. They're like, okay, so, you know, are you finally, you know, and he's like, very clever of Katie to do that. Yeah, I, I see what she's done. Ah, she thinks I'm going to fall for it. This is just the type of test Katie yeah. would put me through. Yeah. And they're like, what? So, so they manage, they meet again with this woman and they manage to convince this guy, look, you're not talking to Katie Perry. None of it makes any sense that you would be. It's actually, he finally comes around to it and they have this catch up at the end of the episode, two minutes, two, two months, sorry, after filming, they do a little mini catch up and they're like, you know, how are you? Have you moved on? And he's like, yeah, I see how ridiculous it all was. I'm looking up for myself now. I'm only meeting real women. They're like, okay, great. They have to catch up with the, the woman and she goes, uh, I received this email from him and he, he emails her going, Hi, Katie. You'll never guess what happened to me. I got flown to England to meet this woman who says that she... <laughs> they're like, I'm this guy. But that's so sad. That's so it tragically sad. Yeah. I mean, at, at some point, I guess, he's the delusion that he thinks is reality is so much better mm. than his reality. But how many people do? Th- I mean, how many people do that with all kinds of things? There's plenty of people who are that delusional about. I don't want to go for the low hanging fruit, but there's you know. But there it is. There's plenty of re- plenty of ways you can you know pretend that you're engaging with someone so far you know quite unquote above you, um, that it just yeah. makes you feel special. Yeah, yeah, that's that's tragic. It is, but this compulsive uh, viewing. They're not yeah. usually celebrities. I would. Uh... I'd recommend it. It's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what what do they call that? That when you that's Schadenfreude. It has to be Schadenfreude. Sometimes it is Schadenfreude. That that episode definitely was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then then that's it's the that's the exception that proves the rule. I don't know. I never like that bit of language. It's a weird one. It took me a long time to figure out what the hell that was. What, what yeah. that was on about. <laughs> it's like the exception that proves the rule, but surely if there's an exception, it can't be the rule. And then it dawned on me: no, it can only be a rule if it has an exception. This is this because is you can't have found all the things if you. Yeah, yeah. but this even the, saying it, it doesn't sound yeah. like it should be. Doesn't feel right, does it? It's like uh, have your cake and eat it too. It's I like, like that one. I know, and it makes perfect sense. But yeah. you have to learn that having your cake means owning rather than like have your cake, which means eat it. It doesn't mean that. That's not how I interpret it. What do you mean? There's no interpretation, Tom. It it has a meaning. You can't have your cake as in still have it and eat it because then once you eat it, you don't have it anymore. I just make another. I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, um, what's his make-off, great British bake-off, but... Uh, All Hollywood? That's the badger. Yeah, but I can, I can bake a cake. <laughs> you idiot! <laughs> I'd be fine, I'd be fine. Got the ingredients, I've got flour somewhere, I'm sure. It's bread hey, flour, but... <laughs> it's an idiom, Tom, and you are an idiot. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Come on now. We're all friends uh, here. Speaking of bread, I'm pretty hungry and I haven't eaten all day. So, um, well, now whose fault is that? 
What have you got? What um, have I got? <laughs> I have a I have a duck. I have an entire duck slow cooking on the counter with uh, garlic, onion, and ginger. And my house uh, smells insane. uh, And I'm going to make a Thai red curry pour over sauce, steam some vegetables, boil some rice, uh, and live in luxury on the couch in my underwear. (laughs) (laughs) Watching catfish, hopefully. Watching catfish. uh, Probably watching Bob's Burgers. Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. Just yeah. as good, arguably. Um, cool. Well, I'm going to go and see what uh, what Caitlin's cooking. Hopefully something edible because I <laughs> forced her. We gender stereotypes live and rule in this household, don't you know? Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty good cook, though. That's, There's that's also that. <laughs> there is also could, that. It could be talent-based. <laughs> Speaking of talent-based, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me and yeah. uh, bringing such cheery topics to bear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we started laughing until about an hour in, and we've only done an hour twenty, so uh, snippy, yeah, that's, snippy. <laughs> that's a good uh, good stand for me, actually, for there to be any laughs at all and not just crying and misery. Oh, right. Well, I, I will see you soon. Are you, you going to come around for my birthday? Oh, God, yeah. When is that? Um, I already know. It's the same as my sister's. Ah, well, yeah. I would invite her, but I, I hate her, so. <laughs> <laughs> Only joking, Katie. Uh, she's uh, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure and you will be back on the show and I can't wait to see you. Love you all. Love you too, buddy. Live long and prosper. Adios. Thanks for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed it, please give us five stars and consider becoming a subscriber and maybe even supporting us on Patreon. It really, really, really helps me continue making this show. Uh, if you haven't enjoyed it, then you have fun. Many, many thanks to Neil Tennis Steer for the amazing music and to Dave Fox for the cool artwork. Please keep coming back every week for more Bliss of the Abyss.